if you want gay friends, my recommendation is actually not to have them. <laughs> Welcome back to Made It Out. Thank you for being here for another week. We have been hearing you. We've been seeing you. And we know you, that you want to hear about making queer friends. So I've invited Lexi Ducey, one of my very best friends, to talk about it with us. Happy to be here. I was honestly wondering because we've done this. We've been here before. We've been on set before. And last time you introduced me as one of your good friends. And I was like, I wonder where I stand today. <laughs> Turns out I'm still one of your very best friends. Yes. I agree. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm happy to be here. This will be fun. Uh Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So Lexi went to college in Boston. You had a group of straight friends there. You weren't out. Hmm. You were kind of exploring. Then you moved to LA with your straight friends. Yes. And started really like figuring out that you might be gay. <sighs> yes. So I tell did. me about that time of exploring and hiding. Yes, exploring, hiding. Wow, near and dear to my heart. Right before I moved to L.A. is when I started to explore my sexuality in Boston. I just kind of was burnt out. I was dating men, not interested in dating men. And I did what probably not enough people do is I downloaded Bumble and <laughs> pretended to be a lesbian. <laughs> but of course I did the like I wasn't fully lesbian on, on Bumble. I was bi. Mm -hmm. You know, God forbid somebody called me. I could be like, oh, my God, my settings were wonky, you know. <laughs> Bottom line is I never fully explored my sexuality in Boston, except for behind the curtains, uh, decided to come to L.A. with my best friend, roommate um, Heather, and ultimately came out here. And that's kind of when my journey kind of took off. What do you mean by your journey kind of took off? Were you going on dates and like hiding it? Yeah, like, yeah, right. Well, at first I was like, I got to LA and I was like, okay, I'm straight again. Like, let's go back to being really straight. Even mm. though I had a really positive experience with being a closeted gay in Boston, I just felt like I'm gonna now go back to being straight for whatever reason. So I tried that for a minute, had a few straight experiences and still was just not hitting mm -hmm. the way I wanted it to hit. I feel like that happens. I did the same thing. Yeah. I, like, started experimenting with it kind of had like a oh fuck this could be a thing but I'm just gonna like shelve it and I dated men for like six months after yeah I was like new air new me maybe I'm <laughs> yeah. back into men you know yeah. so I did it and it was still so underwhelming very underwhelming extremely underwhelming and so then I got back onto the apps did the buy thing again started swiping and was just in a phase of desperation like I will date women I don't care who they are if we connect if we don't connect I want to date them I want to feel them I want to I want to know what that's like again <laughs> but that came with lying like yeah. in Boston it was really easy to be sneaky oh my god but when you're like in a new place you have no yeah Heather was like who do you know you know like what do you mean you're and we also Heather and I worked at the same company so like what do you mean you have a work event like no you don't so like it was a lot of lying like yeah. a lot of me making up like networking events and network like I was never <laughs> I mean right maybe like sure networking I mean they're kind of a soft little lie because technically dating is networking right <laughs> But like I would like there was one time I'll be honest where I told Heather I was going to a networking event and I had researched extensively and I found this event in downtown LA where I was going on the date and I went to that event I snuck into the event oh my god and I posted like a picture of the signage on my Snapchat 
Oh. Which, if you know me and you do know me, like I hardly post on social. But I was like, oh, if Heather goes on to Snapchat, she'll see that I'm at this women empowerment event. I was also at a women empowerment event. <laughs> it just happened to not be, you know, professional growth, career advancement. Um, so yeah, like I, it was sketchy. It was sneaky. Like I had to do a lot of like working around it. I would spend weeks constructing lies. Oh like, God. you know, I would plan ahead. Like, all right, I'm going to be going out to brunch with this girl on the East side. What, you know, I would, I would, I would make sure that I planted seeds ahead of time so that Heather, there were no questions asked. Right. And this girl one day was like, Hey, I'm in Hermosa. I'm in your area. Like, do you want to meet up? I was like, Oh my God, I haven't had enough time. Like, what am I? It was Sunday too. So so like we all know Sundays are like you don't do recover. shit. Yeah. Like I'm not doing anything on Sunday. So I'm like, oh my God, I have to see this girl. What do I tell Heather? Ultimately, I think five o'clock rolls around. I was like, hey, like, hey, Heather, like I'm going to I have some errands to run. And she was like, and I was like, errands to run. And she was like, OK. So I, I bolt out the door and I go meet this girl at um, North Italia. Very classy ladies. <laughs> and I was so preoccupied the whole day. Like I'm looking at my phone. Has Heather texted me? I'm oh my God. trying to be in tune with her. But I'm also looking at the time. Like I've been here for 45 minutes. How long do you run errands on board for Sunday? <laughs> and we wrap up the date. We make out in the parking lot as I would. Like you can't invite her back. Like let's make out in my back seat. You know, we're doing the whole romantic thing in the parking lot. <laughs> You know, the lights flickering, you know, it's really cute. Anyways, I'm like, shit, I ran errands. Like, what do I have to show for it? So on the way home, there's a Target. And I, it was super, super shop max, whatever that <laughs> show is. sweep. I ran into Target. I grabbed a cart and I was pulling everything off the shelves. Lysol wipes, lamps, pillows. I was thinking, what's big enough to fill bags? Like, you know, tissues. I think like a Roomba. What's like, big enough that would have taken me four hours? blanket. I had Cheetos, Cheerios, Tatkitos, Gatorades. I went to the checkout line. The man was probably like, who? What? Where are, what? You know, and I filled, I would did it in 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 10 minutes or less oh and eight hundred dollars i spent eight hundred dollars at target oh just so i could walk home and heather stung, thought i did errands i walked in with a bunch of bags i was like in fact i was like can you help me get the rest from the car you know i really wanted to drive this home you know she was like what the fuck is this like she was like what in the world like she was probably so confused that is a dead giveaway i've never bought that much in my life Anyways, uh, turns out to be my most expensive date, $800 (laughs) later. I did return everything the next day. I think Heather, like a week later, was like, where's that vacuum I bought? And I was like, huh? She was like, that vacuum. I was like gaslighting her. I was like, I didn't get a vacuum. You know? So anyways, that that is when I was like, I cannot live this lie anymore. (laughs) I must... I must face the realities or I will be in some serious financial problem. (laughs) Um, So when did you come out to them? Well, I think at that point I just knew like it was time. Like I had to find a way. Like I knew enough about my sexuality now that like I'm clearly into women in whatever capacity. So it was time for me to start exploring how I would have that conversation. But I still, it was still just me. I hadn't made like any queer friendships, I had nothing to tie my like sexuality to beyond these secretive dates. So mm-hmm. I, at this point, kind of wanted to make an effort to like identify, I think, friendships to help me ground myself to inevitably have that conversation with my straight friends or mm-hmm. Heather specifically. Mm-hmm. So how did you start to make queer friends? I did what I did to date. I was on Bumble. 
Yeah, like I went on, I was, I mean, I went on a date with your girlfriend (laughs) who also went on a date with many other people in this group, which we will elaborate on as this episode goes. I went on a date with your girlfriend. I, we had the time of our lives. I would assume she would say the same. I had a cold sore, so we did not kiss. I'm assuming she was dying to, but I, you know, I, I would never, I would never do that to her. Um, But I went on a date with your girlfriend. She was really adamant that we would be friends. So ultimately I, we vibed, I thought, and I hit her up a couple (laughs) weeks later and I was like, Hey, I'd love to see you again. You know, I was so fucking lame. Uh, And she was like, yeah, me too. Except for I'm seeing somebody exclusively. And I was like, "Mm, don't love that. Um, But I would really love to be friends. And I was like, okay, so as you know, heard that one before. But Mathilde would not stop. I swear to God, she was a little like, you know, those like bugs that get stuck to your face? The gnats. It is part of her charm. She she would always text me, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. And I was like, of which, you know, I do need to come out. And also I should come out. And she, she invited me on this Joshua Tree trip. And I remember I was on a business trip and everything was getting in my way. To get to Joshua Tree was nearly impossible. Oh my God, it's like the amazing race. It was. Like, I was stuck in Austin, Texas, and like my flight to Palm Springs had been postponed, and I was tired. I just wanted to go home. Everything was telling me not to go on the trip, but my Heather, my roommate, and my other good friend were like not in the picture that weekend. So Mm -hmm. I didn't even need to construct any lies. Like, it was like finally I could just go somewhere and like, you know, not have to worry about like where I'm at or like anything anything. else. And I was just like, fuck you, get on the flight. And I found a way to get on a flight from Austin and Palm Springs. And so you didn't know anybody else on this trip. It's just not just Mathilde, Mathilde. And I had only met Mathilde on maybe one date. Maybe I'd met her up with her one other time, but like was truly entrusted that you know Matilde was going to you know change the trajectory of my sexual journey wow and I did I got on a plane I landed in Joshua Tree and I got to the house and I was and it was just I was blown away first of all like everyone was hot and drunk I got there late um how many people were there I think there was maybe like 20 of us and it was just instant. The, the trip was really, I, I truly, like, I could make jokes about it. it. It changed my life. And meeting these wonderful, beautiful women who had, they were intelligent and well-spoken and had these incredible stories. And it was really easy to connect. And it was, it ended up being a relatively platonic trip. I mean, not maybe for everyone else, but <laughs> nobody was pursuing me. But everyone really it was like camp vibes you know like we all just sat around the fire and told stories and everyone was kind of new like everyone kind of knew knew somebody but nobody knew everybody Mm -hmm. and we all bonded and I left that trip and I was like yep I'm I'm not only thankful that I went but now I feel like I have a group behind me that is making me feel like I have I want to come out. I want to come out because I want to continue to explore these friendships and I want to feel okay to do that without having to construct elaborate lies or go to Target you know, or, or do things that weren't true to myself. So it's so crazy because I have a very similar story and like a weird way but Mal I do not forget I know it's so I was crazy there. Lexi was my very first friend Hi. in the whole group and I walked into this party and it was just like 50 plus lesbians and I was like that is all I had been wanting to find not mm. a girlfriend not anything just like friends and it's so important and so beautiful and I feel the same way like if I wouldn't have 
just had some weird random entry point, like a casting <laughs> interview. I mean, my entry point was a little different, but it's like I said yes to this weird casting interview and then I got my whole friend group and to watch you kind of experience the same thing I experienced was awesome yeah right and having that initial connection and just being like I mean I'm sure the same thing I felt blown away like and I'm sure maybe it was not at maybe it wasn't that but I feel like when you come into an environment with all of these people that you didn't know existed Mm -hmm. it's kind of like mind-blowing yeah you know yeah I think the through line and the point is you have to say yes to things that are just like really outside of your comfort zone or maybe you're not sure are gonna work out and just hope to go find like one friend and be like, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Yes. Right. Like say yes, say yes. I think that that's important even more so as it relates to the coming out journey and being a part of a queer community. Mm-hmm. Like there is no engagement that's going to not at least help you find some direction. Yeah. And it's hard cause there's not a lot of spaces for like specifically for lesbians. So you kind of do have to just get on the apps and like go on a date. And if it's not going so well, like you want to, you know, be with this person as a partner, like maybe that's a good friend who maybe knows one other lesbian who maybe knows another lesbian. It's like an MLM, basically. No, it it literally (laughs) is. Find one lesbian who knows two lesbians who that person then knows two lesbians. It's a very very good and also very toxic part of our culture. It's just as culty as an MLM, too. It really is. We we were saying this the other day, like it literally, we are a a cult. We are a cult. We are a cult. But like the good kind, the the safe, healthy, (laughs) empowering kind. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also yeah. we do have like a very, I mean, the internet exists yeah. and I know that's not good enough, but like seek out your friendships or seek out community wherever you can. Yeah. And you have to use the internet to find the queer events in your city. I feel like a lot of people are trying really hard to create community doing things like queer kickball and queer line dancing pride events we hosted a lesbian bingo night and a speed dating thing and matilda even went to something called les athlon so i know that they're out there you just have to find them and if there's not move (laughs) and also move no i know that people aren't as you know can't all do that you know i'm sense but i do think there's a lot to be said about i mean moving to a place not even just to explore your sex people should move and be living in places where they feel connected Mm -hmm. or have a sense of community whatever that might be so if you live in a place where you don't feel like being gay is okay or you can't meet people or there isn't a sense of community do whatever you can do if you can do it to to find a new home, a new place to go. I think I'm that's a big a really advocate important. of like move away from home. Yeah. If you have the means, if possible, I understand it's not always possible, but I'm a, I'm a big advocate because it changed my entire life and same. Yeah. Look at us sitting on your couch talking about being gay, like little gay girls. When I found this whole world of lesbian friends, I was like, I didn't care about anything else. I was like blinders on in a fog and I kind of let a lot of my straight friendships fall to the wayside, not really on purpose, but just because it was like, oh my God, I finally found what I've needed and what I've been looking for for since I started coming out. Um, And so I found it really hard to juggle this world with that world. I very much value 
my straight friendships as much as I value my queer friendships. And I think there's respect on both ends. And I, of course, when I first became gay or when I first became gay, when I first, when I first, you know, was meeting gay people, I wanted to spend a lot of time there because I had so much to learn Mm. and I'd missed Mm -hmm. out on how many years of not being able to talk about it and explore it. I mean, it's pretty crazy, you know, like you just go so long where you are holding on to something and living it as yourself. So to be able to connect with people that finally understand at that level, at the at the level of being gay, like mm-hmm. it's 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 different. And I wanted more of it. I wanted it like I, I needed it. You mm-hmm. know, I think of there is a stereotype and I see it happening that a lot of queer people do only have or they you know, a lot of queer people spend a lot of time with queer people and mm-hmm. that's okay i spend an equal amount of time with my straight friends as i do my queer friends i keep them separate and i also <laughs> i also invite them to pride yeah. and they come as allies <laughs> with their you know their rainbow flags and Derek wears his necklace and <laughs> i mean you know and and i love kind of watching them learn and grow in that space too and be accepting i think like that's also been really like impactful to me is to watch my straight friends like become educated and understanding and empathetic of or, you know just of the gay experience mm-hmm. you know they'll never get it the way we get it or talk about it i just want them to get comfortable with it and I feel like their exposure to us has helped them get comfortable mm-hmm. and I love them like I love all you guys I'm not giving anyone up you know there's a lot of value um that all of my friendships hold in my life um for different reasons well and maybe that's it like I don't necessarily only look for queer friends I don't think that that's the case I just think that's what ends up happening when you're in spaces with a lot of queer people you're probably going to meet more queer people it's you know and there's problems that come with that too there's too many queer people there's way too many queer people it's too much it's too overwhelming no yeah you're right right like when we go out we're not going to like you know straight bars yeah i go to straight bars with my straight friends they're they're very straight you know in fact i feel like when i go there with my gay friends they're like oh yeah i'm like okay understood understood yeah but there's a lot of problems that also come with only having lesbian friends like the dynamics you're now seeing your girlfriend's ex everywhere and also your girlfriend's friends are all of your friends it's an insane space to be friends with the same people you're attracted to the same people that fucked your friend these people dated (laughs) you're thinking about dating that person that person already dated this person who you it's too much you're all everyone is connected by something or someone yes and i personally unfortunately don't have the problem where anyone has pursued me in the friend group but i see it (laughs) happening around me i'm very I think it's because people, my theory, people don't want to lose me as a friend, so they don't want to risk being too attractive. Okay, to but me. that is a thing, you know. So that's why no one hits on me. But I see it happening. I see you. You know who you are. You hit on each other and your friends, and then friends date friends, even though they weren't. They were. Fr- it's it's very odd. There's too much. Well, then you're worried about the dynamics of the group. Like, let's say you're okay. Like me and Matilda. If me and Matilda ever broke up, it would be catastrophic you would have to move i would not be moving you would absolutely have to move for sake of our friend why is it me why is it not matilda you would you like, just drew I, a line as, in the sand. as i said you would have to move no i'm kidding but i do think that that is one of the challenges like people stay in relationships to avoid 
the repercussions of breakups Mm -hmm. and then and then you're like giving your friend advice they're like should we break up you're like no yeah you absolutely should not break up. you absolutely need to stay together you absolutely especially wait until that trip because that's gonna be really awkward please don't do this to us no no, but it's true like yeah right like no you guys can work through this any anything's possible (laughs) yeah no No, i know always stay ahead of it always make sure you're the cooler friend you know what i mean (laughs) so that if something does happen you know that you have you have have a safety I mean you got it you're number one in your story you know what I mean oh be the main character in your book no I'm kidding this I, is toxic it is toxic it is and this is why I don't and this is why I think there needs to be set a little bit of separation like, but there's in, not but there is for me I see I see all that happening and I'm <laughs> very scary very scary but it's very I mean it's natural you guys are every you're you have the same friends it's very tricky. There's no natural separation like in a straight couple. No. Straight go- couples, boys night, girls night. Lesbians, what do you do? Oh, you're going to go night, hang out with them? Night. No, I want to hang out with them too. So we're all going to hang out together. This is how it happens. I know. And I really think everyone needs to work harder at at being amicable <laughs> after break. I cannot, but everyone else should. Breakups are hard enough. Like being constantly exposed to the person that you were mm-hmm. dating, like that's fucking heartbreaking. I don't care what side of the breakup you were on. If you were broken up with, you did the breaking up. Heartbreak is not heartbreak has no side heartbreak Mm -hmm. hurts so even if you're friends again later which i mean that that is why there's a stereotype that lesbians are friends with their exes because you kind of naturally just are most of the time maybe not all the time but most of the time but maybe there is a separation period of like there needs to be a separation period i think once your heart heals Mm -hmm. once you've moved on let's call it what it is (laughs) like once you've moved on and you're both in healthy good relationships then I think then I think you come back together you know I I wish that that wasn't the case I wish you could break up and say hey it's been fun let's go hang out with our friends and it'd be chill but that's not how heartbreak works yeah but sometimes they come back around and it's like fine I hang out with a lot of Matilda's exes and it's fun and fine that's awesome for you. I totally <laughs> love that for you. It can be done. It just takes a lot of I emotional think, maturity. And I guess I'm not then fine. I'm not emotionally mature. Okay. <laughs> Didn't need that today. <laughs> but yes, I do think a lot of emotional maturity, a lot of therapy and a lot of alcohol. Which we have plenty of all of those resources. That's why we have that them at every point. Yeah, exactly. So we're good. We're good on that. It's definitely tricky and um I choose not to be a part of it. So actually, if you want gay friends, don't get them. <laughs> if you want gay friends, my recommendation is actually not to have them. <laughs> it's much easier. Um, no, I think even with all of the possible challenges that come with, you know, gay friendships in the web and all of that, it's still really important to have them and it's worth it and it's important. It's an important, you know, community is such an important piece of of anyone's life so you you can't be scared of the potential repercussions and miss out on what it's like to like really be meshed in a community okay lexi what advice would you give to someone that's looking for more gay lesbian queer friends think about it long and hard it's more (laughs) exhausting and less fun than it looks no that's really horrible it's amazing so um find them i think that I feel very fortunate to live in two places that have very, uh, there's an opportunity to be gay. 
and also to meet people that are gay. Uh, and I and I and I don't take that for granted. And I know it's not like that everywhere. I know that there are states that are that that aren't like this. I know that there are countries. I mean, I know that it's not as easy. Um, and I can't imagine it being in a situation where I and I didn't feel like I could be in to have an instant community or feel safe. So I mean, I think that there are. First of all, our online world is taking off, and I know it's not the best case scenario, but I think getting online and, and, and finding community there is important. I think what you're doing with this podcast is building community. I see you know, the comments and, and what people are saying and the connections being made and the follows I'm not getting, but I see community being made there, and I think there's that's a, an opportunity right, for people that don't have it at their fingertips physically. I also think regardless of take sexuality out of the equation um people should live and be where they feel accepted and supported and that's going to help them grow whatever that be for Mm -hmm. um so and i know it's not as easy as move and there's a lot of reasons why people can't or won't um a lot of reasons that being said if you can if it's if you have the means to if you have the support to do so if, if it's safe to do so moving to a place where there are gay communities or or being gay is 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 accepted widely i think is is really there's a lot of opportunity in that so mm-hmm. if you're scared of of always do the thing that scares you so if you're scared but you're able to put yourself get outside of your comfort zone and get yourself into a place where you can be surrounded by like people that that really feel like home mm-hmm. right um so if you can do it do it yeah on a much smaller scale than like moving because i was in texas where it's like not the most popular thing to be gay but it's still accessible and so i think that just going to events saying yes to things that Mm. maybe it's the only gay event within whatever mile radius but like going in hopes to in person meet one person that could maybe become just like a thread of connection to the gay community Um, and that'll just open up your world that'll expand your world a little bit so saying yes to like it just it takes that saying yes that's a great point i mean if i didn't say yes to joshua tree i I literally don't know what my journey would look like Mm -hmm. i'm sure i'd still be here i would have swiped on somebody who would have known somebody but my point is like i loved the way my journey got me here and it's because i said yes it's because i got outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. everything was telling me like no 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 and i was like (laughs) yes 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 Mm -hmm. um and i'm and i'm grateful for that and i think that yeah i think i think we can all relate to not wanting to always do you're tired or you're scared or i don't know what the you know return on investment of this is going to be but I would say there's a lot of times where if I just push myself to say yes, I usually have a positive outcome, Mm -hmm. whether it be a really impactful conversation or I met somebody that's, you know, going to help me here or just, you know, there's yes is a really empowering word. Mm -hmm. Also say no. You got to say no to the you got to say no to the wrong things to say yes to the right things. Mm -hmm. So making the space and the time to prioritize the environments and situations, but say yes um, at the things that scare you when you think that they can serve you. Yeah. And it's a really accepting community for the most part. Like even, even when I was very new to being gay and you're like insecure maybe a little bit or like nervous because you're the new kid on the block and like, that's kind of a shaky, scary thing. But for the most part, like being a, being queer is going to get you in the door at least. And you know, we, (laughs) 
love you and respect you for that part of you. And, um, I, I don't think you're going to get any like hard, you know, pushback or stop. I love leaning into my queerness. Mm-hmm. If it's not on a job application, I get mad. It's like do anything else I should know about you. I'm like, get yes. <laughs> like I think it's I think it's a plus. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Again, I I know that that's not a, a situation that everyone finds themselves in, but I I I can relate to at first being like, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. To now, like I am gay, yeah, lesbo, <laughs> lesbian, you know, I, you know, I love it. Like, let's, you know, it's sexy, it's hot. Yeah, I am. What'd you say? What'd you say to me? You know, you know, the, the more people you meet that you connect with and you, and you love and you, and you find to be so again wonderful, the more exposure to that, the more you become proud of it. Totally. Um, and I think it's easier. It gets easier and easier and easier over time to like love yourself and love your queerness and love who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're surrounded in an environment that like has allowed you to um, celebrate it, to celebrate it. Yeah. yeah. And not to push it down. Yeah. Beautiful. Now we're going to play our game. You haul or you ghost. She asks to sleep over on the first date. I also do just want to say that I hate that we have to like pick. <laughs> I just think there's a healthy in between and we don't need to just jump to the conclusion of haul or ghost. Just play the fucking game. Okay. What was the question? Oh my God. She asks to sleep over on a first date. Am I horny? <laughs> um, if she asks to sleep over on a first date, I say, hmm, maybe. <laughs> so I guess the answer is you all. Okay. I don't think it's worth ghosting. I don't know. Is she a freak? Well, maybe some people think that's like a, a little too forward or aggressive it for is a first too date. too forward and too aggressive. Okay, but you're still going to you all? I just don't think I think you give everyone a chance. All right. You all. Yeah. She shares a dog with her ex. A ghost. I know. I agree. I also don't even like dogs that much. Oh, God. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. No, but yeah, that's just unnecessary. It's unnecessary. I have no other words. It's unnecessary. I agree. I agree. Her favorite movie is Eat, Pray, Love. I like that movie. <laughs> I, I think that was I like that case. movie. I put it on at night often. It is one of the movies I fall asleep to quite frequently. I think it's a good movie. It makes me feel alive. I have no problem with it. You all. You all. All right. <laughs> I really hope that we were able to help. Hey, people. you know, if we we are if we can stay friends through this, nothing can break <laughs> us. Nothing breaks. We've had some technical difficulties recording today. Hope you love the content. I thought you meant from you telling me to move. Oh. <laughs> Um, I was mostly joking. I think that I don't need to hear it. Thank you for being I hope here. You and Matilda don't break up. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I think that this is an important topic. I think what you're doing with this podcast is wonderful. I think you are creating community and um, it's awesome. So hopefully we can bring it to these people live someday. That is what we were saying the other day. Like we're going to get in an RV and we're coming to <laughs> we're coming wherever you want us to come and we're throwing a party, a big lesbian party. I'm putting it out there. Matilda's going to kill me. <laughs> Why? No, I think that'd be so fun. That's like what our calling is. Like going and just like celebrating being gay. Okay, babe. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> um I brought a drink. Yes. I didn't drink it. I know. But that's also because it's like the holiday season. I'm so just tired of drinking, to yeah, be honest. I know. Um, but I brought Truly. I we'll drink it truly. now. I hate Truly. Let's drink it now. But I brought it for a reason, Mal. <laughs> but, but you're wondering, what's that reason, Lexi? Yes. What's the reason? Lexi. <laughs> Lexi. Um, well, first of all, my friend Bobby works there. And oh, I, I want to support his career. Um, second of all, I'm bringing Truly because, you know what? After a long life... 
I'm not hiding. I mean, personally, I wasn't really hiding. I don't think I knew I was gay until I knew I was gay. (laughs) But I'm now living truly. Thank you guys for listening to the episode today. You can find our guest at Lexi Ducey, our show at Made It Out Podcast, and me at Mal Glowinky. This episode was produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on only by lesbians. And as always, help us spread the gay agenda by writing us a review on Apple, rating us on Spotify, and telling every single person you know about our podcast. Babe, are you hungry? Welcome to the candy shop. Gobble that pussy. <laughs> the way you like you read it in the singing of Welcome to the Candy Shop. I, I literally can't. Like when I see that line, my mind all, instantly goes, Welcome to the candy shop. You lick that lollipop. Go ahead, girl, and don't you stop. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, girl, till you hit the spot. Oh, I have it your way. How do you want it? I can. Back that thing up, or can you push up on it, temperaturize it? Okay, go with the next. Oh my god. Okay, let's go.